speaking today to Rick Hamill, who is the founder and CEO of Atlas. And um, thank you for joining me. Uh, right away, I would like to get into the subject. Can you tell me more about what is employer of record? Absolutely. So employer of record is a solution which provides opportunities for companies to be able to hire talent in countries where they don't have a legal entity. Um, if it's um, just to retain talent, so let's say a talent decides to move to different countries and they want to make sure they employ them legally. Um, if it's a opportunity to test a new market, um, I like to use the example of China quite often. If a company wants to expand into China, that can take up to 18 months and $250,000 um, to get set up. But 18 months, especially when you're trying to test a market, can take a long time. So leveraging an employer of record, um, not only for retaining talent, but um, hiring new talent and going to new markets um, at a lot faster time and more compliant um, allows them to be more competitive in the marketplace. And I'll give a couple examples of that. So, um, as I mentioned before, China can take up to 18 months, but we can onboard an employee as soon as a couple of days in China. Um, because we're a larger employer in over 163 countries, um, we also have benefits that we've well established in these particular countries. So companies can, when they're searching for talent or looking to find the best talent in those countries, they can leverage our benefits to make sure they can have a competitive uh, benefits package to offer talent as they're looking for, um, uh, you know, and, you know, looking for talent in that particular country. So leveraging an employer of record, it's not just speed to market, it's not just cost efficiency, but it's also allowing to leverage the best talent and around the world. Um, so I like to say, instead of having your talent in one postal code, you could have, uh, you know, 7 billion people that you can target and finding the best person for your organization. How is that different from a recruiting company? Well, a recruiting agency does help find talent. Now, the employer of record model does not find the talent. The client finds the talent. But a recruiting agency um, doesn't hire the employee um, on their behalf as a full-time employee. Um, recruiting agencies are bound by certain rules and regulations in a given country. And so that talent can only be a temp employee. They have a temporary contract. Um, and that doesn't always help when looking for talent. In most countries that they have to show their employment agreement when they're looking to um, you know, get a mortgage or buy a car um, and just the st standard lifestyle things. And when you have a temporary contract, it hinders that process quite often for that talent um, because because the banks will not, for example, give a loan for a house when someone is a, a temp employee because there's no guarantee of employment from that perspective. So that full-time employment is really important to um, many employees um, overall. Um, another thing that's also very different is because um, the employer of record is, um, a again, full-time legal employer, um, we really support the day-to-day the -day operations of the employee. So um, if the client has questions regarding life changes or they want to do promotions or even on the, on the flip side of that where they may have to have a PIP, um, a performance improvement plan, um, we are working and consulting with the client to make sure they're doing it correctly and compliantly in that given country. So there's more than just a transactional relationship, which I typically see with staff in your organizations. It's really a partnership to stay fully compliant in that particular country um, and making sure that employees um, are um, treated as full-time employees and the client has the ability to leverage us um, for their overall global expansion process. Right. One of the points that uh, I believe Atlas argues is that you provide sustainability expansion. And 
when you think of sustainability, you really don't think about recruitment, et cetera. So what does it mean that an EOR model could provide a sustainable expansion? Yeah, it's so it, it's really interesting. Um, we've got many case studies where clients came to us and said, um, if you, you know, if we didn't leverage you guys, we wouldn't be who we are today. We wouldn't have the expansion component that we have. So uh, again, using that example, that $250,000 of share capital that someone has to put into a, a country before they can, um, when they're doing registrations, for us, a client can take that $250,000 and really um, and expand into multiple countries and they can leverage the employer of record model um, a lot better for from a capital use perspective. So when we look at expansion and we look at how we are supporting um, our clients, it just gives them a lot more um, capability, um, a lot more uh, flexibility to be able to really expand and focus their business. Are there any risks for this model? Yeah, I think that you have to make sure that you are um, kind of reviewing kind of tax structures and kind of what you're doing in that particular country. Um, the best um, model to use an employer of record would be um, your your client facing positions, your business development positions, um, and even if it's um, we, we work with some engineers and some doctors as well. But it's important to understand what you're doing because there are certain industries that require key licensing in certain countries. And if you don't, if you're operating without that licensing, um, that can become a big risk from that perspective. If you're manufacturing something in a given country and exporting it um, from a country where you don't have a legal entity, that can create a nexus and um, some tax implications for you. So it's really important to really understand kind of your operations um, from that perspective. And then um, look at how you can leverage the employer of record. But typically, if, if your business model requires a license to operate, um, the employer record model may not be a good fit for you. Um, but this is where something we can partner with our, our prospects and our clients to see how we can help leverage that for them and, and kind of review that to make sure they're fully compliant. Right. And then let me ask you a little bit about making sure to protect employees. So um, as a direct employer uh, of record, you definitely face all sorts of stuff. And how, how, how can you ensure that the employees or the process itself is protected? Yeah, I think it's really important because as the direct employer of record, we we take on that liability too. So, you know, one thing we, we do partner with our clients with is we help educate on what um, the do's and do nots are in a given country. Um, and the first thing that even in our contracts outline is that you have to make sure that the employee has a safe working environment, that they're respected, um, that um, if, if, you need, if you have any questions or doubts about um, rules and regulations in a country, that you communicate with us before you take any action with employees. Um, so there's there's protective clauses in that. And partly, again, it's because we have a vested interest to make sure it's done correctly. Um, because if something goes awry, we are the legal employer and then we'll be um, technically responsible from that perspective. Yeah. There's a partnership there with the client to make sure it's done correctly and the employees taken care of. Um, but that doesn't always mean that, you know, employees, you know, are perfect. And so there's there's certain situations that we do have to come in and, you know, there could be a performance evaluation, there could be a, a possible termination, but we want to make sure it's done the correct way. And it's it's um, provides a great experience for the employee as, as much as possible um, to the employee to make sure it's a smooth transition. Right. Are there any certain guidelines that you would actually tell HR managers to follow when they're using the AOR model? Yeah, I think it's really important that, um, you know, ask questions, um, you know, never assume. I think that's really important. Um, 
when they're leveraging it, and I'll, 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 I'll give it from a life cycle perspective, when they're looking for an employer of record, I think the, the best model is the direct model. I, I mean, I was an HR leader. Um, part of the reason why I started this business is because there were employer of records out there. At that time, they called a global PEO. Um, and they were outsourcers. They outsourced to third parties. And that didn't feel right. Um, you know, anytime I had questions, I felt like I had to go through a third party to get answers. Um, and it wasn't always consistent. And it was some things that called uh, major delays. Um, so one thing that they should leverage is looking for a direct employer of record, because that, that sense of liability I mentioned earlier, that sense of vested interest is um, tied to that direct model versus an indirect model. The second thing I would say is as they're onboarding, it's really important to understand the why. So why are you you know, why are we offering this particular contract? Why are we offering these particular benefits? It's important to educate the HR person because um, although we are the legal employer, there's an experience that the employee, the empl- other employer, we call the managing employer, the client, wants to make sure that the employee has. And they can do that by really understanding um, the why. Employees are going to always have questions about their contracts or benefits. And it's important that they um, make sure that their employer of record supports them and helps them understand that component. And then third, I would say, as they're onboarding, um, you know, it's, it, I said earlier, ask, you know, ask many questions. I rather, I tell our prospects and our clients, you know, ask a million questions. I'd rather you ask a million questions than not one at all, um, because we want to make sure that you understand what that is and so that you don't also give employees the wrong information. And then the day-to-day component is when they're partnering, it's it's truly leverage them as a partner. Um, you know, a, a really good employer of record, it's not going to be a transactional relationship. Um, it's not just about payroll. It's not just about onboarding benefits. It's about being the client's, I call it the general um, generalist for the client's um, global operations. And so making sure you're leveraging that partnership and making sure that, um, you know, if it's your strategy, if it's trying to understand benchmarking, that's where the employer of record could really come in and add a huge value um, and really make sure that the HR team that um, they're partnering with is, you know, set up for success. And the third thing is, you know, if for any reason um, it doesn't work out with the employee um, or even the employer of record, it's really important that, you know, we, you know, think methodically how you do an offboarding to make sure it's done correctly so that it doesn't impact the overall employee experience um, and make sure it's a, a smooth transition overall. And so it's, you hear the words I'm using a lot like partnership and not transactional and making sure that everything's compliant and vested interest. Those are things that I think are really important when leveraging an employer of record is um, this is not just a transaction. It's truly a a valued partnership um, to make sure that the company, the employee um, and the employer of record um, have a very um, tight relationship. I do like that you mentioned the employee experience. This the whole employer of record uh, process affect the the employee experience in a way that you could actually quit or continue (laughs) working in the business. Yeah, I think that where we've seen um, the employee experience, I think this is really important. It's probably the number one reason why I started the business. And and I can give you a little background as well of you know why I started the business um, to, get, to probably answer that question as well. Um, when I was head of HR for a government contractor, I was operating in Saudi Arabia, Singapore, and Japan. And the that the provider that I was using, which actually inspired me to start this company, um, they they use a third party and 
they did not um they weren't very supportive they weren't very responsive and sometimes employees payrolls were late their visas weren't approved or they had delayed getting their spousal visas approved and it just really created a really bad experience and as an hr professional i was vetting calls at four o'clock in the morning and then at nine o'clock in the morning with their spouses if they if it had to do with payroll and i felt like you know my, my employees were very focused on you know the issues and not focused on the business and you know when i end up you know, setting my own entities up at that company and and transitioning them off, I realized that what I was lacking was that partnership um, from that perspective. And that really focused on how do we make sure that the employees are taken care of? And so with Atlas, you know, that was part of, that was probably the number one reason was we wanted to make sure that the employees had a really good experience because if a client comes to us with an employee and we mess up their payroll you know, two cycles in a row, that employee is going to start looking for a new job or vetting the client and telling them to move. So we have to make sure from the get-go that the employee is, um, you know, taken care of, that meaning they're, they're onboarding the smooth or answering their questions, their payroll is flawless. Um, those are things that we have to make sure are clear. And when you have that indirect model, um, I jokingly tell the joke, I, I learned the word inshallah um, with that particular company because I would call their provider and say, hey, are my employees going to get paid on time? And they would say inshallah. And I would say that's not really the best <laughs> response at this particular moment, I need to make sure that they're going to get paid on time. Where with Atlas, we we are very focused on that experience and making sure employees um, are supported. And we have processes and procedures in place to ensure that um, because the employee experience is our number one priority. All right. Um, thank you very much for this. I would like to ask you uh, just towards the end, um, are, we seeing, are we going to see more of ARL EOR <laughs> models on the ground, or this is something that is still com- coming up and more companies are getting used to it? Yeah, I think right now you're seeing a lot of EORs pop up. Um, and with pop-up scenarios, I, I get concerned because I think that can be um, in somewhat negative impact. It could be a negative impact to the overall industry because Doing employer of record, as I mentioned earlier, it's not just a transaction, right? It's not just a technology that you set up and you can do it, right? You really have to have really deep experience and knowledge of how to do business in those countries. And there's there's some cuts and bruises that we have um, in learning how to do business in those particular countries. Um, but before we built our technology, we learned that. And then we built our technology on that experience. So a lot of these pop-ups that I see come up um, could be... Um, possibility, possibility a, a detrimental to their industry, given that they're looking at it from a transactional perspective. And when you when you talk about human um, human HR, uh, human excuse me, human management or human operations or people management, it's all about people. It's about the human factor. And um, transaction can do so much, but um, you're talking about uh, leveraging people in countries where clients don't have entities and building relationships with employees and clients um, and making sure you're fully compliant. And so um, I think it's a huge, I think it's a huge market. I think that remote work is here to stay. And I think that post-COVID, a lot of companies are seeing that 
remote remote talent works and the fact that they can hire talent around the world. And that's, that's amazing. And this gives an opportunity to do that without the red tape. But I also do worry a little bit about, you know, so many pop-ups coming up because it's such a big industry. It's such a greenfield industry and a lot of companies need it. Um, so absolutely. I think it's amazing. I think it's going to here to stay. I think it's going to continue to grow. Um, but we need to make sure that we, and somewhat regulate the industry um, soon, even more so to make sure it's, um, it's done compliantly and, and the, the pop-ups aren't the ones that are going to hinder us in the future. Rick Hammond, thank you very much for joining me. It was really a pleasure speaking to you today. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much.